Okay. So, we, we picked up on last week. We were talking about the attitudes and to be genuine citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And we, we, we spoke about the, the two kinds of Christians. We've got the working visa kind and the tourist visa kind. And we, and we talked about the differences between them. And we spoke about two main scriptures where Paul was speaking to his partners that this work that began, would, he had confidence it would be completed because they'd been with him from the first day till now. And he said that this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And then we also spoke from Ephesians 2 where it says that we are no longer foreigners and strangers but fellow citizens with, people, with God's people and members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. So but that in him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So we saw these things and I want to, I really want to talk about this work because we've spoke about, you know, when I look at what, what, what Pastor has spoke over and what we've, what we've heard over the last probably few months, we've heard about um, pure revelation shaping our lives, are we not? This need for revelation. We've heard about the name above all names. Phil spoke about calling on the name. As of yet, you have asked for nothing in my name. And for the last few weeks, we've heard about the archers and we've heard about discipleship. And we keep banging on about discipleship and about the archers. And, and when, God, when I started saying, God, when we're going to speak this week, and, it, and it, it was again around this whole, another angle about discipleship and, 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 and this, I'm thinking, God, they're going to get sick to death. They're going to think I've got nothing else to talk about. But it's, it's, we have to know the times and seasons that we're in. We have to know why. And I want, I want to use the book of Nehemiah this morning um, to, to help us to see that we have to stand for something. One of the things that concerns me, one of the things that frustrates me, is that the church nationwide doesn't really stand for much anymore. You know, they've been talking the governmental places about why, why does church have a place in government? Because really, what they're saying is, what do you bring to the table? And... And so I want us to look at the importance and, the, and, and why we're doing what we're doing and where we're going. And I want to bring an angle to it this morning. So from the book of Nehemiah. So it's a bit different this because essentially I'm just going through the first five chapters. So I've, I've, as I started, it's, I've never preached like this before where God essentially just, I started reading, he went, read Nehemiah. I'm like, okay. And every, that, that, that that and we're going to go through it okay so it should be easy to follow so you don't have to flick from verse to verse but if you don't want to flick from it it's fine and I'm going to read all the scriptures anyway so don't worry about it so we start this morning uh, chapter one good place to start verse three and it says they said to me this was people talking to Nehemiah those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace the wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And you see, this was a time when because of Israel's stubbornness, because of Israel's generation upon generation of disobedience, of not obeying the commands of the Lord, they were ripped apart by the Babylonians, by the Assyrians. And so there was only a remnant. And it says those who survive, so this remnant, the exile, and are back in the province, and are back in, 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 in the place, or in the church, are in great trouble and disgrace. 
For the wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. And one of the things that, you know, a few years ago, Dr. Jonathan brought, and we heard the uh, prophecy that we have to come out of the cave, that, that the church was in the cave, yeah? And that we have been given a place in the spirit to rise. And we must build our churches and we must build them well. So the problem is, is, is that we, what we find is that there is a remnant of the church. The church, church I mean, I'm not going to get too much into church. So I'm not here to try and um, specifically um, be negative towards anyone or any one kind of church. or anything. But the reality is, is the church is not a unified body. The church is all over the place. The church is almost in exile. I would say the church is almost in exile. We have an institution called the Church of England. But there are, and we have these beautiful buildings. You know, we have some of the most beautiful buildings in all the world. But what is in the buildings is rubble. It is broken. It has been burnt. Because we are the church. And what's in there is in ruin. And, and there has to come a point where we have a revelation And when I heard these things, I sat down and I wept. Because the church no longer stands for what it's supposed to. Because God can no longer move amongst his people as he desires to. Because the people refuse to allow him to do a work in their lives. So we see a crumbled, battered, and the remnant that is left. And I'm going to call us the remnant. The remnant that is left is in danger. We are vulnerable because the walls have been broken down. And so, it, but before anything can be done, there has to be that revelation that says, that sees the reality of what's going on. That above, beyond just my life, that even beyond my house, there is a work that has to be done. And, and if, I, if we don't do this, not only them, but I am in danger. I am in danger. And I, am, and I potentially, because the thing is this, if there are no walls of protection, the enemy can just waltz right in. And in so many lives of the people, the enemy doesn't even have to put up a fight because there is no one putting up a fight. See, so many churches have already been... I've been, excuse the phrase, but raped and pillaged by the enemy. They just don't realize it. They're, they've got this service and they've got this tradition and they've got all these things. And that's doing nothing for the kingdom of heaven. That's not advancing. Their lives are not advancing. But they can't see it. It's almost like they can't even see it. But there, is, but there are those everywhere you go. There are lives that are, of people who profess to be Christians that are in ruin. And if we do not recognize this and mourn over such things, then we will never have a desire to do anything about it. But thank God for his word and his revelation in our lives. And so, if, so, so in order for, for the weaknesses in our lives, because we have to start here and then move out. We can't start all the way over there and then try and work backwards. We start here, don't we? We must start here. And so Nehemiah saw this. And in verse 13, chapter 1, uh, Nehemiah 2 and chapter 13, it says, By night I went out through the valley gate toward the jackal well and the dung gate, examining the walls of Jerusalem, which had been broken down and its gates, which had been burnt with fire. You see, the state of your wall, and that is your life and of your heart, The state that God finds it in will determine the amount of rebuilding and redefining and overall work needed for you to be able to stand as part of a wall to protect a city. Because this house is not just one, it's not just this building, it's you and I. And God is walking around as we start this this time of discipleship, as 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 we've been going through this. It's not just been since we've done the authentic sonship. Please don't associate discipleship with authentic sonship. God has been examining our walls for the last two years. The process has gone in different formats and we've used different language. 
But God has been examining the walls of our hearts and our lives. Why? Because he wants to see what needs doing. He already knows what needs doing, but he needs to bring to our attention and our understanding that there are gaps in our walls. And whenever there is a gap in your wall, that is the gap for the enemy to get in. But it wasn't just your, it's not just your house. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. No, I'll come to that later. I'm giving you too much too, too, too soon, aren't I? So we have to start. So, it's, so, so but the thing is, Nehemiah examined this work, and then what, but he didn't tell anyone. But what he did do was he told the king. You see, we have been given a, a position in the spirit to rise by God. And Nehemiah went to the king. And said, God, give me favor before the sight of the king. So what did the king do? The king not only gave him permission to go and rebuild his walls, but said, here's my forest. Take whatever you want. Here's some men. Take them with you. You see, when God brings us into a place where he wants us to make a journey and he wants to do a certain work, he gives you everything you need for the journey. He gives you everything that, you, that we could possibly need. So, this, so when we, as we have started on this journey, and it has become more and more intensified, it's not, it, we're not just going off on our own. But This is not just pastor going, I just fancy doing a discipleship course. And, and, and I just like the idea of people praying. There is a position in the spirit that we have to do this now. And, we, and God has already given us through many, many words, through many prophecies, through many confirmations, there is a grace on us to do what we are doing now. He has already given us the king's forest to get all the resources we need. And we had that before we told you. But now you know. And Nehemiah had to go to the same point when he spoke with the men who went to view the walls with him. They didn't know why they were going. They, just, they were just going because the king told them to go. But then he said, Then I said to them in verse 17, You see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burnt with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. And I really feel that we have to understand that some of our walls, because of disobedience, because of wrong doctrine put into us, because many of us have come from different backgrounds. Many of us have come from different environments. Many of us have come from different cultures. And we have to understand that all these things get, bring us blind spots. Some of us have emotional issues. Some of us have, have trust issues. Some of us have forgiveness issues. Some of us have, have hurt and pain that's built up. And what that's done is we've allowed, the, the enemy of our soul has allowed those things to keep our walls in ruin. But the rebuilding process is now at foot. And the men, he says, I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king has said to me. And they replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. Now the good work has begun in some. But God, but Nehemiah wasn't looking at just rebuilding some of the wall. He was rebuilding all of the wall. And we have to understand that God is not just, this is not some sort of, well, we're just fancy doing a discipleship course. Those who want to come, come. No, you have to have a desire because you have to have a, revela a revelation in the first place to see that you need this. To see that you, there, is a, there is a potential danger in your life if you don't do this. If we don't allow God to begin a work on the inside of us. See, it's not, this is not just, I, I want to say it's not just optional because really it's not optional. It is optional because God gives us free will. But if the whole house can have, can be built together, if the whole house is willing, God desires that we rise together. So that means the whole house, which is why. If the whole house is not rising, we'll come on later. Why? God doesn't just desire that some of us do this. And then it'll, it'll be okay for the rest. No, God desires that the entire city is rebuilt. And we'll see as we go on. In verse 19. But when Sanballat, the, the, the Horonite, 
Tobiah the Ammonite, I hope I get these right, the official of Geshem and Arab heard about it. They mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you're doing? They asked. Are you rebelling against the king? Not our king, the other king of Assyria. I answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it. See, this is a time to make up your mind. This is a time to make up your mind. If, we, if, 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 if you went, I'm not a tourist, last week, if, I, if you say, I'm not a tourist, then that means you're a worker. And that is a servant of the kingdom. And what did they say here? We will have success because we, his servants, will start rebuilding. What is the process pastor's been talking about? Saints, what's the next one? Servants. The servants start the work to rebuild. Not just our walls, but the wall. And it says that you will have no share in it. And this is not a case of, please do not misunderstand when I say that if you don't do authentic sonship, you have no part in the church. You might as well leave. This is not what I'm saying. This is about, because discipleship, what we said about authentic sonship, it's not a course, it's not a class. It's a life. It's a way of being. It's a way of be, uh, on becoming who we're supposed to become. And so we have to make a choice about do we want to stand for something? Because when you stand for something, you stand against other things. Do you want to be defined as God wants to define you? Do you want yourself to be challenged? Because along the way, it's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. It's not easy. Because lifting stones is not easy. If you want to make your wall out of foam or out of polystyrene, it won't be too hard. But it also won't be hard for anyone to knock it down either. Just take my chat, just, just look at Jacob on Christmas Day. Paul Starr ain't got a chance. <laughs> Absolutely no chance. But we have to understand that God desires. Do you remember that what we spoke about, about getting the boat, stay in the boat, and cross to the other side? God desires that everybody gets in the boat, and God desires everybody stays in the boat. And so I say, we have to make, if you haven't made that choice in your heart, we have to ask, we, you have to let God bring this revelation. That's why we needed to know the heart of God this morning. That's why we have to know his name. Because then we see how God sees. We see the concern that God has for his church. We see the concern that God has, but we see the dangers that are in, that lie in you, that lie in me, that lie if we stay and do nothing and let the city remain in ruin. Because that's where the church currently is. As much as you can say there are pockets here and there, but that's what you call the remnant. And so in, in the, in Nehemiah, we now go to Nehemiah 5, 3, 3 verse 5. So, we start rebuilding. And I'd like to think that, I'd like to think that we've had a good start to authentic sonship. I'd like to think that we've had a good response. Over the last year or so, as a people, we've risen to it. I mean, pastor's always bragging about us. So that's a good sign. That God, is, and, and it's great to see that so many of us have had, have had testimonies. However, what would we say? We have to push harder so that we can get over the next part to see the next level of revelation. But here's something that I find. In verse 5, the next section so they've started the work. We've started, because obviously I'm not talking to us as people who haven't started yet. We've already started. But the thing is, only some of us have started. It says, the next section was repaired by the men of Tekoa. But their nobles would not put their shoulders to the work under their supervisors. And God said to me, we cannot choose who God will use to help us through some of our building process. You see, we didn't choose each other, did we? We didn't choose, we didn't go, to, you know, when you thought, right, what church am I going to be in? Right, I'm going to be in the Dream Center. Okay, so 
bring me a list of Thameside's finest. And you went, I'll have them, I'll have them, I'll have them. Don't want that. I'll have them, 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 And these are all my congregational members. We didn't do it. You go where God calls you, and you're stuck with who you've got. In the nicest possible way. <laughs> you're stuck with who you've got. But here's the thing. In the same way that you don't choose who God gets, who God puts you with, you also don't get to choose who God speaks to you through. The building work immediately. These men, I, oh, I don't mind building, but I ain't, I ain't building under their supervision. I, ain't, I, ain't, I don't want that person to talk. Well, I don't really trust that person. I mean, some of you, you know, it's all, if we got to choose, I'm sure most of you would always choose Pastor Tony to speak to you. Because I'm sure, you know, if someone's going to prophesy over you, yeah, we'll, we'll have Pastor Tony. Some of you will go, yeah, Phil's all right. <laughs> Some of you might think, I'm, I'm just saying it, I'm just saying it. Oh, no. Some of you might go, yeah, but Paul's that young kid. He's a bit of a rookie, isn't he, really? Not being old that long. I'm not so sure. I'm old enough to be his dad. <laughs> not so sure whether, whether, whether I can take it. If he, starts to, if he starts to bring some sort of a rebuke, not, from, not me to you, but from God to you, or some sort of something that says you need to sort something out. Or God says this or God says that. You have a choice whether you're going to accept that. Now in, your, now in some of your authentic sonship groups, some of my young people are in your group. Now ask yourself the question, what if in the middle of, a, in, in the middle of God moving, he speaks through a 15-year-old? Are you going to accept it from a 15-year-old? How much are you willing for this work to go on in you. It's not about our pride, our willingness to have it in the way we want it. The work needs doing because we're in danger. It's got to be done through whoever God works through. And the next scripture, in verse 12, it says in, in, three, in Nehemiah 3, 12, it says, Shalom, son of Haloesh, I think, I think I've got it right, ruler of a half district of Jerusalem, repaired the next section with the help of his daughters. We are a multi-generational church, so there must be a multi-generational work. It's awesome to see here that fathers and daughters are working side by side. But we have to see that as a cultural pattern of this house. That we are willing to partner with each and everyone whose heart is set on doing this work. On rebuilding the walls of not my, just my life, but also your life. Because it's not just about my wall. It's about the wall. Because remember what Ephesians says, we too are being built together. That means at some point, my wall and his wall meets together. My wall and this wall is connected. And that involves all generations and that involves all people. So as a house, we have to see this work has to involve all of us. And I really believe that what's the point in putting truth into our young people if we're not willing to, to respond to it when they actually act upon what's been worked in them? We have to become a people that as long as we, we are able to discern when God is speaking and the vessel makes no difference. Otherwise, this work will stop immediately in your life because it's not about us. But it's for us. Now, next to him, verse 20, Barak, son of Zabai, zealously repaired another section from the angle of the entrance of the house of Elishib, the high priest. And I love this. We must work with the right attitude and posture. You see, if, because what happens is this is, some of you might go, well, I, I come to authentic sonship because I don't want to get done off, off pastor. I come to authentic sonship because I'll look bad if I don't. I'll come to discipleship means, or I'll come to building the Spirit because I feel some sort of duty towards God because he might have done something for me in the past. But that's not the attitude that's going to get us anywhere. We can't be a people of duty. There are millions of Christians out there living out of duty. And their houses and their lives lie in rubble and ruin. But this, this, this young lad was zealously, zealously building, not just his wall, but he was showing honor to the priest. 
Because, we are, because as servants, we show honor. And if we are all servants building the wall, looking out for one another, then there is, there is going to be a life, there's going to be a joy, there's going to be a, I want to work alongside Chris because it is my joy to see his wall be more protected. So the enemy has no way of getting through that part of his life. That's going to be a joy to my heart. We have got to become joyful about the good news in others. So many Christians, we look at the good news and the advancement of someone else and we directly compare it to ourselves and we start comparing walls. And we start, and we start oh, well, yeah, but look at that flaky bit there in his life there. And that's not very good. That's a bit crooked. But this guy didn't, wasn't, wasn't even worried about himself. He was just hell for leather, zealously, with zeal, with life, with joy, with purity. Was showing honor to someone else. And was doing something to ensure that the house was protected by looking after further from himself, but outside of himself. And this has got to be the posture that we remain. Because this is a lifestyle. This is a culture that has to be into the house. Next bit, verse 28. So Nehemiah 3, 28 to 30. Above the horse gate, the priests made repairs, each in front of his own house. And next to them... Zadok, son of Imr, made repairs opposite his house. And then next to him, Shemaiah, son of whoever that is, the guard at the east gate made repairs. Next to him, Hananiah, son of Shilamiah. And why? And the sixth son of Zalaf repaired another section. And next to them, Mashalim, son of Berakiah, made repairs opposite his living quarters. Everyone... Please, just check it your names the same. Doris, I can, I, can deal, Doris, I can deal with that. David, Andy, Chris, they're, they're much easier. <laughs> but the point was, everybody had a work outside their own front door. And, what, and this is where we come to, we must work out what God is working in. The work in them started. So they came, the, the exiles came, the remnants stayed and they started, but there is a work outside our own houses. But how awesome is it when your next door neighbor, you can see they've got to work outside their house. And on your, right, on your left, your neighbor's got to work on their house. And why must everyone have a work in their own house? I'll give you an example. My, uh, I live in a mis- massive long line of terrace. I am number 142, so that kind of gives you how long my street is. And every so many houses, there's like a ginnel with a gate. And the only people who have keys to that gate is that section of people, yeah? And it's so that I can get my bin out and the binman can come and take it. So, if I leave that gate open, then you could say, then my house is in danger of being burgled. But it's not just my house that's in danger of being burgled. It's all my neighbor's houses that are are in danger of being burgled. Because we're we're doing a work side by side by side. Because God desires to build his house. And we are forged together to become a holy temple. So, and each of us, now listen, the great thing is we're all individual. So the, so the, the part of Chris's wall, okay, sorry, you're in the front row, I'm going to use you all day. The part of Chris's wall that needs rebuilding and the work that he's got to do is different than the one that Dave's got to do. Why? Because they've had different lives, different experiences at different points. But the fact is they still have a challenge. Dave might have a challenge on self-worth, for example. Chris might have a challenge on, on, some, on emotional anger. I don't know. A sweet, sweet addiction. <laughs> he loves it. He's even, he's even getting visions in, in licorice all sorts. I mean, <laughs> it's a sweet addiction. So there's a work that each of us are tested on. And, and I believe that God, in, in order to, 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 to prove our workmanship, God gives us something to work out each. Each of us has a work outside our doorstep, a challenge that comes to us, a redefining that will come to us, something that is going to cause us to question what we're doing and make fresh conclusions. And to say, am I willing to keep on working when I don't see it looking or want it straight away? I'm willing. But the thing is, is this, is if Dave gives up on what he's doing, because I'm not doing that. And he then goes and speaks to Chris. The gap in Dave's wall can cause something to come to Chris's wall. 
And that could then, whoever Chris is connected to, if he takes on the negative what Dave's saying, he's refusing to do that, then that means the next neighbor to Chris is also in danger. We have to understand that the dangers that come into our lives don't just affect you, don't just affect me, they affect each other. Because we are family, we are a house, we are a body that is all connected to one another. Discipleship is not just a, a way of getting more understanding. Discipleship is a way of protecting you and your neighbor. It's a way of defining so that each of us sees God in the same way. That each of us knows the same truth. Is set free by the same, by the same truth that he wants everyone to have. So we haven't got different doctrines running throughout the wall. If you want a wall to be, to, be, to be completely even, you've got to use the same kind of bricks. Now the shape of the brick might be different. It don't matter. It's the same brick. It's consistent all the way around the house. God doesn't want an inconsistent house where one of it looks like a botched job and the next bit looks like it's been done by a professional. That's not what God desires. That's why we all come into discipleship together. We all must start to rebuild these walls together because it keeps us all protected. Is this making sense so far? Now, Nehemiah 4 verse 1. When Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. If there's one thing the enemy of our soul hates, it's progress. He's here to kill, steal, and destroy. And with the walls of Jerusalem, he killed, he steal, stelt, stelt, stole, I've got a C in English just. And he destroyed. And so, is it, I find it interesting how we've been doing Authentic Sonship for the last few months. And, and, and all of a sudden, as we've been talking and, and we've been giving testimony about how God is doing things in people's lives, suddenly, suddenly you feel like you're under attack. Suddenly we get little baby Danielle, we get Pat, and there's a whole host of people who suddenly have got illnesses that they didn't have before. Suddenly people are losing their jobs. Suddenly families are going through really difficult internal struggles. Things are not going well and it becomes hard. And why do you think that is? Because the enemy now knows there are less gaps in the wall. So because there's less gaps in the wall, he can't just waltz in like he can do in other places. Now he actually has to fight. And the enemy wants to kill and destroy the work that we have begun. Because there are so many churches where the enemy has free reign because they're not building or standing for anything. And they don't see that. They haven't had that revelation. So in one sense, I really apologize, but you have had that revelation. You have been told. So unfortunately, it's going to attract someone wanted attention. Because the church is now beginning to draw in righteousness. We begin, the level of righteousness is now rising. The level of transparency is now rising. The level of brother and sisterly love is now rising. The level of work is now rising. So now the enemy goes, I've got to try and attack it because I don't like progress. And so in verse 6 of, of chapter 4, so we, we rebuilt the wall till all of it had reached half its height for the people worked with all their heart. You see, God doesn't desire that... As I said again, I repeat again, God just desires that each person is able to have the same work and to have the same fruit and to have the same protection. So that's why it said that, it didn't say that some of the wall was three quarters high, some of the wall was only a third high, some of the wall was, some, he said, so we, we, we rebuilt the wall until it had reached, all of it had reached half its height. Because God desires that we rise together. And I keep, we've got to keep saying, God wants us to rise together. He doesn't want you left behind. That's why when we all stay in the boat, we get to the other side at the same time. 
Because we're all in the same boat. We're all doing the same work. Yes, it's individual to you and me. But when we're all looking out for you, looking out for me, looking out for the work. Because we're seeing now, it's not just about my little bit. We now start to see the bigger picture. We now start to see that we are, we are building a wall to protect a city. Not just my house. Verse 7, but when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the people of Ashdod heard that the repairs of Jerusalem's walls had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed, they were very, very angry. And they all plotted to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. So you see, the more you build, the more angry it makes our enemy. The more you stand for something, the more you, you stand against something different. The more you stand for righteousness, the more the chances are that the enemy will try and throw everything it can to throw you off course. But, I love the next verse. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. Archers, get ready. Discipleship, why now do we need archers? Because the wall is being built. So as the wall is being built, the servants are all standing together, building, because we're desiring to become authentic sons. But now we see that they have to be soldiers in our midst. From being a servant to a, soul, to a, to a son, we have a soldier in the middle. And, and the response is we must have our archers, our intercessors, because we prayed and our God to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. You see, when the enemy comes out fighting, he doesn't, he's, not, he's, not a good, he's not a fair fighter. He won't come out. You know, it's, it's, it's not like we all say, right, at 9 o'clock, we'll start fighting. We'll have breakfast. We'll have, I, always remember, I always remember a, a, a cartoon called Asterix. And, there were, and it's like the, the war stopped so that the English could have their, their afternoon tea. And they're all sat there having a, having a, having a drink and all the rest of it. And they're, and they're what are you waiting for? Well, the English are having tea, so we've got, we've got to wait for, I think it's 5 o'clock we can start fighting again. The enemy doesn't do that. The enemy will come in the stealth of night. Do you remember when it heard, you know, in, in Psalm, I think it's Psalm 91, and the arrows fly by night, the terror of night, and the arrows fly. But our response is, archers, get ready, and we're the ones. We're the arrows that are flying by night. Because day and night, the archers are interceding. Because day and night, these walls are being protected. Because as a house, we now understand that we can't just expect that God keeps us building and we start to get these wonderful lives and we start to get freed and refreshed and we start to put to bed demons that have, have, have dogged us for years and not expect that at some point the enemy is going to come to our gate and try and dislodge us and try and attack us and try and come at us. Because you know what? Work is hard. And we see this in the, next, in the next scripture. It says, where am I now? Here we go. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of the laborers is giving out. And there is so much rubble that we cannot build, rebuild the wall. Also, our enemy said, before they know it or see us, we will be right there among them and we will kill them and put an end to the work. Then the Jews who lived near them came and, and told us, ten times over, wherever you turn, they will attack us. That's the, enemy, that's the enemy strategy. Intimidate you. Throughout this entire building process, Nehemiah was intimidated. They, tried to, they made up stories. They tried to, they tried to get him, to, they, they made these reports saying he was going to try and take over and do this and this. And he was going to be the king. And they made lies up. There will be people, and, 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 when it, and when we heard before, it didn't just say that that's San Bele. It, it named about five different people. There is, there is going to be no shortage of people who don't want us to succeed. Because we are going against the fleshly, sinful desires 
that they have been accustomed to living. When you stand for something, you stand against something else. A wall is there to keep what is pure inside protected and keep whatever is impure out of our realm, out of our kingdom, out of our gate. So we have to keep building the wall. It's going to get tiring. We know it's going to be hard, but that's why you're not building alone. You're not building in isolation. You're not building, and that's why we have to have our intercessors. That's why we need to raise 50 intercessors, because day and night we need guards posted at every house. So if, Chris is be, so if the enemy is attacking Chris's wall, he's only, just, he's only just repaired it. Maybe the cement is a, little bit, is a little bit moist, so it's not fully hardened, so it's not quite there. So potentially, the thing that God has just released him from, he could go backwards. But now we can say, ah, but it's okay because now I'm going to get Dawn and now I'm going to get Dave and day and night they're going to pray, they're going to intercede, they're going to protect, they're going to watch on the wall for any attacks and they will protect his, his honour, his nature. They will protect what God is doing in his wall. That's what the house, why we have to have soldiers ready to stand for one another. That's why the intensity for little Danielle has to stay strong. That's why the intensity for any of us has to stay strong. Because we don't just say a prayer. It's like, it's like if, a, if, there's a, if, there's a, if, if, if Chris's wall is under attack and I'm a soldier and I come in and go, looks okay to me, I'll see you tomorrow. That's not guarding him. That's having a peek. You walk in and go, oh, Lord God, just I help you, Chris. That's all, 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 you know, a little upset you. Right, okay. Let me know if anything is wrong. What's, too... <laughs> What's that? God is teaching us to be soldiers. How we can stand and protect what God is building. But if we don't understand what God is building, we won't see the need to protect it. We won't see the need. And it says in verse 13, Therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places. For example, when I spoke about Chris, posting them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. And fight for your families, fight for your sons, fight for your daughters. Fight for your wives and fight for your homes. And it says, when our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we returned to the wall, each to their own work. You see, one of the things I always loved about Jesus was that he always knew the plots against him. There was never a surprise. At no point do you ever see the enemy catching Jesus out. He knew they were coming from the Garden of Gethsemane. And, and, and I also find the Apostle Paul also would somehow know that there was a plot to kill him. And somehow he escaped. You see, when we are a people that allows the work of Christ, the work of discipleship, the work of sonship to come into our midst, then we are the people, and we looked at it last week, who are able to abound in love, and abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. You know the plans of the enemy because he's not that clever. But as your foundations and your walls are getting stronger and stronger and you have guards posted at every strategic place because we're not just asking for people who like to pray. We're asking for strategic intercessors being placed at strategic points around our house. So that at strategic times, we are, having, we, are, we are interceding at the right time for the right things. We are not a people who are caught unaware because we are a people who have depth of insight. So we can discern what is best. This is, this is why it takes the whole house. Because if you're there on your own, and you're casually doing your little bit and there's big cracks and you're not talking. You're not open and transparent with anyone. You don't want anyone else helping you on your wall. You don't, you don't even see that you've got cracks. You just think it's a piece of art. Oh, that hole's it's just it's nice. It's a window. I like it. It's good, that. I like that part. It's, it's, it's okay. It's, uh, it's rustic. 
you know, then guess what? The enemy comes in. The enemy comes in and tries to destroy and kill and steal the work that we're doing. And that's why we will not stop talking about discipleship. That's why we will not stop talking about archers, be ready. Because it's not just your life, it's the body that is dependent on us having these things in place. We must learn to be servants. But now we're coming into that place where those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. And each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. Because now we are trained. We are trained disciples. Discipleship trains you. You know the truth from false. You cannot be subdued by, you cannot be tempted. You cannot be swayed by fleshly desires, by, by, the, by, the, by the, the, the cunning of man and the cunning of the enemy. Swayed this way and that way, whichever sounds best to you, because we are disciple in the truth. We, are, we have the way, the truth, and the life in Jesus Christ as the cornerstone built on the, on the, on the principles of the prophets and the apostles. So now, as citizens, we build our wall, we are forged together, we are brought together, we build together, we we love one another, and we fight for one another. In one hand, I am building, in the other hand, I have a sword. So that, you see, when people come under attack and you feel tired, you stop doing what you're doing. It's almost like, if someone's coming at you, you stop trying to do what you're doing and you just defend. I'm just defending now, just defending. But the kingdom of God is always advancing. And we are, not, we are people who have been given authority over all the works of the enemy. So there is no reason why we can't continue to build the house that God is asking us to build, to protect ourselves and to continue to advance in whatever God has placed us in. Because God has an assignment for each one. That's why every person needs to have a role in the house. Pastor, Pastor Carol said that about Pastor Tony. Everyone must have a role in the house. The remnant of Israel all came together to build the walls of Jerusalem. And look what happened at the end. And this is the, the fact in, uh, in chapter 6, I think. Yep, in chapter 6. So the wall was completed. On the 25th of Elul in 52 days, when all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. You see, as we keep on building and we don't stop, Yes, we might have to carry a sword in one hand and our sort of shovel or, our, or whatever it is we're doing on the other. But as we work together as a house, as we allow this work to come in and to manifest out of us, and then we start to stand for something. I want this church that in the heavenly realms is known. It's on the hit list. And what I mean by that is it's on the don't go near list. And there's a great scripture in Psalm 48. And this is a scripture that I absolutely love this scripture because it, 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 it just reminds me of, of a house that we're building. It says, Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. In the city of our God, his holy mountain, it is beautiful in its loftiness, the joy of the whole earth, like the utmost heights is a foreign Mount Zion, the city of the great king, God in her citizens. He has shown himself to be her fortress. You see, when we build the house, God dwells in the house. And when God dwells in the house with walls and towers, and well-trained soldiers. In, the, in verse 4, when the kings joined forces, when they advanced together, they saw her and were astounded and they fled in terror. Trembling seized them. Pain like that of a woman giving birth in labor. You destroyed them like the ships of Tarshish and shattered by the east wind. Why? They saw. They saw these walls. They saw these people of 
of absolute righteousness, of absolute purity, of absolute unity, that were locking shields together, that there was no room for the enemy to get in. If we have a house where we give no room, there is no gap in the wall, there is nothing they can do, then they will flee in terror. Because the moment our walls are completed, the moment we allow this journey to keep on going, then the, 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 the Lord God will come and he will dwell in our midst. And when he dwells in our midst, that is when we can see a house filled with his glory. And when we have his glory, we have redemption. We have healings. We have all manner of signs and wonders in the house. But God is not going to come in here and bring all of his fullness when there's walls that have got gaps everywhere. Because God is not a mug. God is a God who, who has insight into the enemy's plans. And he wants a people strong. He wants a people united. He wants a people that will take everything as he desires it to be taken. He wants a people to work exactly as he tells them to work. And I believe this is our mandate. This is, this is why we have been given discipleship now in this season. Because God has started a great work in many of us. But he desires that the entire house begins to work now. That this is a time and a season where, it's not a season actually because a season says it will be over. This isn't over. This is a life now. This is how we become sons of the living God. We make our journey from servants and we have to learn on the way to become soldiers. Soldiers who know how to defend ourselves, keep ourselves righteous. But we have to learn to draw on one another. We have to learn that the things that we're doing now are all there just to keep on building the foundations so that we're using the same stones. You know, I, I love it. If I've got a stone in my hand and I go, that stone would go perfectly in Jenny's wall. And all Jenny has to do is go, thank you God for bringing a servant to give me this stone. In you go. And this is, this is the heart of a family that desire to protect one another. This is, this is a house that God can do anything through. But this is a house that brings terror to terror. Phil spoke on that, didn't he? We are a house that brings terror to terror. So we have to see discipleship, learning to have this truth in us. It's not about just doing something because it's good to do. Or because that's what it says. It's the only way for us to see truly what God wants to do with us as a people. And if there is not a church that can stand, then what hope is there for our nation? The mandate was given for England must rise or Europe will fall. And our churches must be built strong. But now God is giving us a position in the spirit to rise. This is our opportunity. Will you be the remnant that will choose to stand and rebuild the walls so that the kingdom can begin to advance? Because we don't advance from outside. We start from here and we move out. But I believe with those who are willing to be intercessors, we can stand at the gate. We can stand at the gate and block and protect this that we are building. Stand with, would you stand to your feet? I really believe this with all my heart. God is doing a great work. And, and, and Nehemiah told the people, remember, remember our great God. When times get hard, remember our great God. But when, whatever you're going through, whether you're feeling that the work right now is really tough, this is tough, this is hard. I didn't expect it to be this tough. I didn't expect God to challenge me in this way. I didn't expect God. See, remember what, what we heard about it? God builds. And that takes time. God's not in a rush, but there is a time that God has a time scale that he wants it built by. But he doesn't tell us. Our job is to diligently go about our business and to work and to protect one another. But, it's, but the God 
who gave us this great work. For I am confident that he who started a good work in you, if you are willing to partner with me and with each other, will surely bring it to completion. So come on, let's just just raise our hands now. Father God, we thank you for this great work. We thank you, O God, that you have bestowed this great work upon us. That, my God, that we can stand for the name that is above all names. That, my God, that you have already given us every resource, every material that we need in order to fulfill and complete this task. So thank you, God, for bringing us into our house. Thank you, God, for giving us partners that we can work with and we can, we can, we can bring this fruitful work to with. But, my God, right now... I pray, oh God, for every single heart to be convicted, to have that revelation that we are in danger if we don't start this work. That, my God, that every single person in this room will have a role. That each will understand that to become a son, we must be servants. We must start this work, but we must learn to be soldiers along the way. That right now, oh God, you are forging the sword in our hands. Right now, right now, raise your hands right now. Father God, right now, I pray right now, Father God, that you see the heart of everyone who seeks you. You see the heart of everyone who desires you. My God, right now, forge the hand. Forge the hand that will hold the sword of truth. That will hold the sword of righteousness. That will hold the sword of the Spirit. That will give them all they need to, 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 to stay their ground. And to keep on building. And to keep on progressing. And to keep on holding back the works of the enemy, oh God, in our tent. For we have divine protection, oh God, in this house. We have divine resources. And there will be divine progress in this but my God forge the sword forge the sword in each of us right now I just see the Lord I see right now that as, as, you, as you're open you're saying God I want this work God I'm, I'm willing to want this work but I'm, I'm scared because I've never really been in a fight before I've, I see the Lord that he's, he's molding every individual sword to the grip of your hand He's not just going to say, go into a room and there's a ton of swords. He is going to personally give you a sword. He is personally going to give you with your specific grips. Because he knows what you will have to fight. He knows what you will come against. But he says, I will send my intercessors to you to aid you. I will send guards over you night and day. But also I will give you the ability that as you are building with one hand, you may hold the sword of righteousness and the spirit in the other. And I will give it so that you are able to over overcome all obstacles, all attacks of the enemy because you are my children for you are my people and with you I will be well pleased. Oh, for I want to dwell and forge you together to become the city where the God will, I will dwell in the citadel of this great house. I, my, my dwelling will be in here and from here we will open the doors and my, and my glory will flood out. My glory will flood out. So right now, just receive it right now. Receive what God is doing. Receive the work of the Lord upon your life. Receive the word. I want, if you can, just accept this work over your life again. Father God, let it refresh over us. Let it come over us, oh God. Let it cause us to, 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 to go further than we have before. Let it, oh God, to cause transparency. Let it, oh God, to cause partnerships to develop. My God. Bring, bring a fresh wave of desire in, in our hearts, oh God, for this discipleship, for this way of life that we now must take hold of. Oh, Father, come on, just speak to God right now. Just speak to him. Just speak to him. Father God. Oh, mighty God. Father God. Oh, Father, check, turn our hearts towards you, Lord. Turn our hearts towards you, oh God, right now. Turn our hearts. Turn our hearts right now. For those of you who are saints, become servants. Become servants right now. Father, let none of us get out of the boat. Let none of us get out of this boat. Let all of us stay, stay the course. Even when our hands feel heavy and our bodies feel tired, Father God, let our spirits renew us. Let our spirits renew us, O oh God, as we hear the word. For we are on assignment. We are on kingdom assignment. Oh, Father God. Just begin to thank him that he's already won the victory. Begin to thank him that he's already won. God already sees the day of victory. God already sees the day of victory. All we have to do is take part. All we have to do is sign up. All we have to do is, is fulfill our election.
Church, know that the day of victory is already here. The enemy is already quaking in its boots because it knows what you are able to become. He knows how powerful a house we can become, how powerful a people we can become. So take joy, take courage. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Father God. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. All right, church? All right?